0: Good morning. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Hunter, you want to pray for us? Amen. Revelation 22. <clears throat> what are you doing here? Yeah. Well, Jim ain't here. Why are you here? <laughs> Thought you skipped when he didn't come. <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah, I am. I'm saying it so Jim will hear it and he'll get on to her when he gets home. I'm glad you're here this morning. Is that better? (laughs) Oh. You're brave, I'll give you that. Sitting on the front row. You and the talents, y'all are brave. All right. Revelation chapter 22. Let's read first, Um, let's start verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus." The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, amen. All right, does anybody remember what we talked about last time? My goodness, most of our talkers ain't here this morning. I ain't going to do all the talking. <laughs> Warren, I ain't going to do all the talking. We did, we were, thank you. We were talking about dogs. We were talking about dogs. So we talked about, just, just real quick, that verse there. It's talking about the city in verse 14 and the tree of life and those that are in there. And then it says, for without are dogs, without the city are dogs. They're not taking part of this. These, this list of people's not taking part in anything that he's talking about with the new heaven and the new earth and the new city. <clears throat> They're in the lake of fire. But what caught my attention was that word dogs, because he specifically mentioned sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and liars. So why dogs? And if you remember, I don't know that this is right, but if you remember, we we went over to the book of Deuteronomy, where, um, I probably should read that. Yeah, Deuteronomy 23, it's talking about... um, It's talking about the house of the Lord, and it's talking about a sodomite and a whore. And in verse 17, it's talking about a sodomite and a whore. And in verse 18, it says, Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the hire of a dog into the house of the Lord thy God for any vow. So I think he may be talking about sodomites. When he's talking about dogs, and we know what that is. There's no need to go back over that. So, we were talking about dogs. Good morning, Misty Jenkins. How are you? Yeah. We were talking about dogs, and they're having no part in this. Now, here in verse 16, we move into the last, the last, um, It's the last section of the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. This is it. This is the last thing we're left with. We've got an invitation we're going to see. We've got a warning. And then we've got a promise there at the end. And so we've come all the way through this for this, this part here. And if you remember, throughout this study, we didn't take it verse by verse. I didn't go Revelation one, 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 two, one, three. although there's nothing wrong with doing that. I did that the last time I teach it. I taught, the last time I taught it. <laughs> oh, I liked it this way better. I just did. We talked about subjects, times of the Gentiles, the tribulation, the rapture. Uh, I much preferred this. But here at the end, we've, we've kind of taken it verse by verse because this is, this is, the, this is the last things we were told. And and so we'll, we'll take this verse by verse all the way to the end. Look at verse 16. It says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. What do you think he's talking about when he says, mine angel? Now we don't. We don't. This morning we ain't gonna be able to abide by women keep silent in the church. Okay. I saw you a while ago. I said I ain't doing all the talking, and it was like Morgan went. Like she ain't talking. That's why. Right before you spoke, I was like, I'll stand here and look at you for the next thirty minutes. Uh, anybody? I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things. Any, any, nobody knows. Anybody got a guess? Now I got a decision to make. Ray, do I go back on my word that I just said I wasn't going to do all the talking, <laughs> or do I really stand here quiet for thirty minutes? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> <clears throat> There's actually a lot of debate on this. Not that it really matters. There's just a lot of different people think different things. That word angel there, they, some people think it, that's what it means. As you go back and look at this book of Revelation, a lot of times John is presented these things by an angel. And so that's, that's what some people think. Some people think that he's referring to John. John is pinning these words. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Well, Jane tells us that the NIV says that the angel <laughs> means John. So I'm going to say it don't. Hope it doesn't offend I really don't care if I did or not. Um, all right. So, John, you got, what do you got? A Nelson? Do you bring your Nelson? Okay. I like that. Um, some people think it means John. Some people think it means these messengers that they're going to send to the churches to deliver these. Now, these were letters. Now, he, you know, these were letters that he's talking about <clears throat> back in Revelation 2 and 3. The letters to the churches. You had Ephesus and you had Smyrna and you had all these others and Laodicea. Um, by the way, I, I don't know where that was. Andrew, you may remember. Um, I often drive by a church, I can't think think of where it is, called See in Baptist Church. Why would you ever name your church? What, huh? Why would you name your church that? Even if we're there, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to call it a bunch of sinners, Baptist Church. I mean, why? I don't understand. And then there's one um, on the way to, when we go to Madison, called Burnout Baptist Church. I don't want that either. (laughs) (laughs) But now that's a town. That's a little, I figured out later. I didn't know that at first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's almost as funny as it, uh, where's the one we always send pictures of Brother Kevin? Is that in Pigeon Forge? Burleson? Yeah, Charity Lutheran Church. I think that's hilarious because it's Charity, and Brother Kevin always says even a Lutheran would <laughs> shout at that. So every time we go by there, I say, "Charity Lutheran Church." So, all right, I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> yeah, these letters that Paul, uh, <laughs> that John wrote, that these messengers are going to deliver. Now he was not able to call them up on the phone and tell them what God said. You understand that? These were letters that they had to physically deliver to the churches. And so, um, same thing with Paul's epistles. You know, they delivered those things to the churches. So, a lot of people think it's the the messengers. And then some people think it's the pastors of the churches. And not only the pastors of those churches, but the pastors of the churches all through the ages that God uses to deliver these words to people. I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, but I think, again, um, like a lot of things that are, um, I can't think of the word I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, a lot of things we don't necessarily understand in the Bible and that we debate, I think our eyes are on the wrong thing, because I don't think we should focus so much on the angel, the one being sent, but the one who's sending. If you notice, it says, I, Jesus, have sent. Jesus is sending these words. And so these are the words of Christ. They're not just the words of a a mortal man, John. They're the words straight from Jesus Christ, what he wants the church to know. Now, a lot of times, we bring this with us to church. You probably know where I'm going. And when we get home, it goes on that nightstand because I like to look at it before I go to bed. But I don't really touch it anymore during the week. Now, that's not exactly true. But I'm just saying, in general, a a lot of Christians do that. And it gathers dust all week long. It's never opened. It's never read. And that's why. A lot of Christians are living today with no power and no peace, and that's why a lot of our churches have no power today, no power, because the people that make it up have no power. How are you going to know what Jesus wants you to do with your life if you don't talk to him? And yeah, I understand that Jesus can nudge our heart and things, but he's given us, I mean, given us a written word. This is what he wants. Why don't we read it and heed it? Got any ideas, Brian? Why don't we read it and heed it? Because we're lazy and we want to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now you might as well just shake your head there because it's true but if you would have been here back during this time and they would have delivered this scroll and they and it would have come from John the only living apostle left during that time and that messenger might have said John wants you to have this pastor of the church and the pastor relay that to his people and he wants you to know That these words come straight from Jesus. Wouldn't you bust that thing open and restart reading it? Same thing? Same thing. So that convicted my heart. So I thought I'd share it with you. So it's the focus I think should be on the sender. Not the one being sent. Jesus said these are my words take him to the bank everything we've read that's going to happen will happen and the things we haven't read yet that he tells us are going to happen are going to happen and so he says he's testifying these things in the churches and then he makes an interesting statement he says I'm the root and offspring of David what does that mean Okay. Okay. he's alpha and omega, just like he said before. How is that possible? <laughs> I mean, That's about like Braden saying, I'm the root and offspring of Brian Ard. And for us, that wouldn't be possible. But in Matthew 22, he's, uh, if you want to turn there, I'm going to read a couple of verses. Um, And if not, that's fine. I'll read them. But in Matthew 22, Jesus is having an interaction here. Um, What was that? Oh, okay. Oh, plants. Okay, yeah, no big deal. Root and offspring of David, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Everybody calm down. <laughs> now, if one of those speakers starts falling, let me know that. But <laughs> Matthew chapter 22, he's having a, Jesus is having a conversation with a bunch of deacons. <laughs> oh, Pharisees. And... uh they're trying to catch him, and they're they were always asking him questions. They always wanted to see signs. Um, look look up in verse uh, before we read that. Look up verse thirty five. And you got Sadducees and Fa- Pharisees gathered here. Now, does anybody know? I mean, I'm sure you probably do. What's what's amazing about that? Anybody understand? You've got Pharisees and Sadducees here questioning Jesus those groups didn't like each other as far as we know one time in history they got along and had a common purpose and what was that to kill Jesus Christ they didn't like each other but here they found common ground so they're 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 always wanting to ask him questions look at verse 35 then one of them which was a lawyer asked him a question tempting him saying master which is the great commandment in the law so they're always asking him questions always and then jesus turns it back around on them in verse 41 it says while the pharisees were gathered together jesus asked them saying what think ye of christ whose son is he that was an easy question for them because their messiah they knew was going to be from the lineage of david he was going to be an offspring of david a son of david And so they say, you know, unto him, the son of David. And he saith unto them, how then doth David in the spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, this is from Psalm, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? So they were full of questions all the way up until right here. Then look at the next verse. And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. (laughs) There was not a question of the law that these guys couldn't answer. But Jesus stumped them. Because they were blind to who he was and what he was doing. So when he says, I'm the root and the offspring of David... They don't even, they they can't understand that. We do. But they can't. So he calls himself the root and the offspring of David. And then he says something else very interesting. Hang on, i got to get back to Revelation 22. The root and the offspring of David. And the bright and morning star. What do you think he's talking about there? I'm going to call on you in a minute, Jane. (laughs) What's that? The light of salvation? He's talking about his light. So this, this word here, this word, the Greek word they have for bright and morning star, it's nowhere else applied to Christ, only here. And the the root of that word is a word orthrinos in Greek, and that was a word that the Greeks used to, to describe Venus, the planet. Because they could see that in the early dawn as the sun was coming up and everything, the light was coming about. And you could start seeing that a lot of times Venus was visible. And so that's the word they used. So this word orthronos, or however you pronounce it, when you look it up, and it's applied to Christ now, here's what it means. It means a brilliant, rising light. It also has the idea of a mountain lifting itself from the earth. That's pretty good. If you don't get that, you need to read your Bible. (laughs) Rising from the earth. But that root is literally, what it literally means is to, to bear or to take away one who takes away. Just like it's used in Romans eleven, twenty-seven and 1 John 3, 5, where it says that Jesus has taken away our sin. This bright and morning star not only, I think, applies to his, we've already talked about him being the light of the city, and we don't need a candle, and we don't need these other things. But it's also all these other terms mixed in there. It literally means to take away. Now, there is a word, son of the morning, that's used in Isaiah fourteen twelve, But it's not applied to Christ. It's applied to Lucifer. Lucifer, thou son of the morning. That Greek word is halal. And it's translated in some other Bible versions. What does NIV say, James? (laughs) Yeah, okay. In a lot of versions where it's talking about thou son of the morning, it's actually talking about Lucifer now. We're not talking about Christ. It's translated day star. Day star. But, so, so, now that day star also a lot of times to them meant bright light. So you've got a word applied to Christ, you've got a word appri- applied to Lucifer. Well, what's the difference? We talked about what the word meant when it's applied to Christ. That's not what the Hebrew word means. That Hebrew word, that sun of the morning in Isaiah fourteen twelve, or translated day star, I don't, I don't care for that, but that's what, how they translate it. And that's the thought that some of them might have. That root word literally means to make a show or to boast and thus to be foolish. <laughs> so you've got the one applied to Christ that means brilliant, radiant, taking away. And you've got the one applied to Lucifer that means foolish, boasting. And so... Jesus is saying, I'm the true, he's the true morning star. The true morning star. So I thought that was interesting. Now, look at verse 17. A lot of us are familiar with this verse. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely so after this you have after this statement by jesus you have a an outcry of the spirit and the bride now who's the spirit is that word capitalized in your bible okay so who, who is it it's not just some spirit it's the holy spirit the holy spirit and the bride Who's the bride? Brother Troy said, saints are saved. I couldn't tell which one you said. Okay? We've talked about that. Now, the bride is only up to the rapture. Okay? So the spirit and the bride say, come. And then it says, let him that heareth say, come. What what do you think he's talking about there? Any, Any idea? Different things have been said about it. A lot of it, those that truly hear and aren't converted will say come just like the spirit and the bride and then uh, of course i've read that we're talking about the spirit we're talking about the bride before the rapture and those that hear those during tribulation saying come I i don't know about that regardless those that love the lord and know him say come come to what Come be part of this city. Come, yeah, same thing. Come to Jesus. The focus is always Him. Always. Now, a lot of times we get messed up because we focus on whether we want to agree, whether whether we want to admit it or not, works. What can I do for him? And that's a good, honorable thing. What can I do for him? 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 He's not nearly as concerned about that as he is about the relationship. Why? I can do all these things for him and my heart not be right. And we learned, when we talked about it in the past, I don't remember where it was, that those things will burn up. Those things won't last. The focus is always on Christ. So don't get so caught up in works. I mean, take Don on them, for example. I ain't never seen somebody so busy. And it's a good thing. But if they are so caught up in that, that it takes away from their relationship to Christ... It's a bad thing. A good thing becomes a bad thing. And that can happen to any of us. And has happened. <laughs> Probably to all of us. We get so tied up in doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. And we forget. We don't read. We don't pray. We don't work on the relationship, which is what he's concerned about. Everything else will, everything else will work out. If we get the relationship right, I'm not just talking about being saved. There's so much more to it than that. That's the main thing. But there's a life of sanctification that God takes us through, and we need to be getting closer to Him. Some I heard somebody say one time that um, you should not scare people into getting saved. I don't agree with that. (laughs) I don't care what you do to get them saved. Get them saved. Somebody said you shouldn't just get saved because you don't want to go to hell. Good heavens. I do not agree with that. I forgot where I was going. (laughs) I don't agree with that. But the focus is always on Christ. I believe even in that, that he'll turn our attention to him when he saves us. Maybe back there in that pew when you're gripping the, the seat like everything and all you can think about is hellfire. Maybe so. At some point, it's going to be Jesus when he saves you. So we got some invitations here. The Spirit, the bride, those that truly hear, say, come. And then it says, and let him that is a thirst Come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. So there's an invitation here to come to Christ and to be part of this city. The spirit and the bride say, come. He that heareth, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. So who's excluded? Oh, yeah. Somebody is. He's he's right and wrong. Okay. Well, not quite. Although they fall into I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> Those that are not thirsty. Um, I'm not really old enough to remember this. I do kind of remember when uh, my dad lost his job one time, and we were having, it was, it was tough. I was young. And I I remember a little bit, but, you know, hearing my mom talk about it, uh, apparently we ate a lot of potatoes because <laughs> they were cheap. Um, But nowadays, you know, you see kids... And if you don't give them exactly what they want, they won't eat it. And I've heard older people say, they just ain't hungry enough. And a lot of this comes from that generation that, well, and and, and maybe a later generation than that. But the generation really and understand what I'm saying here when I say save the world, that World War II generation. We'd all be speaking German. Be dead by now. They they saved the world. God used them. And we owe them a debt of gratitude. But they lived through times, and then the Great Depression, they lived through times that I don't know anything about. I may find out. I I don't really want to. (laughs) But they lived through times when They could truly say, I've been hungry before. And I've heard my grandparents and my great-grandparents talk about, you know, um, we were talking about it just the other day with my grandmother. I remember just barely, but I remember at my great-grandmother's house, and Lord, if you did this today, it just wouldn't work. But at my great-grandmother's house when we'd get together, like for Christmas or Thanksgiving, all the men would eat first, and the women would eat last. Now, if you did that today, these, these women live in Me Too movement, idiots, they'd be all over it. How, and even some of you, I'm sure, and me, when I hear some stuff like this go, what? How dare they? Well, they did it for a reason. Now, we didn't then, but that came from back when the men were working in the fields, and they would have to come in, and they would eat, boom, and they'd go back out into the field. Not that what the woman did was any less important but she was just right there around the house. So they wanted the kids to eat, and they wanted the men to eat so they could get back to work, and then the women would eat. It wasn't a show of disrespect. But they wanted their children to eat. But I heard a lot. I got it. I got you. I got you. Move on. (laughs) But they uh, almost lost it. They wanted the kids to eat. And I heard a lot I heard a lot of times about my grandmother, my great grandmother saying, well, I don't guess she said it. People said it about her. There's sometimes she didn't eat. Because they didn't have enough food. Now those people were hungry. We don't know anything about that. I think I'm hungry, you know, when I go miss a meal. But those people were hungry. And so you would have these, at times, people come through from the church or whatever, and they'd come help, and I'm talking about when they would bring food, and they'd sit on the table, the kids just run. Why? Why did they come so quickly and so willingly? Because they were hungry. So who's left out of this invitation? To his point, nobody. The invitation's extended, but who's going to miss out on it? It's probably a better term. Those that aren't thirsty. You'll never be saved until you know you have a need for a Savior. It's impossible. It's not like it is today this easy believism where you just get up one morning and decide you're going to get saved and you go down to the church and there it is. That doesn't happen. No, th- well, I mean, that happens. It's not genuine, it's not real. God has to draw you. Jesus said, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me, draw him. You have to be drawn. You get thirsty enough, you'll come. Right? Sometimes it can be a dry and barren land. I've heard about kids before. Uh, A preacher friend of mine, one of his kids, talked about, oh, the day I got saved. He said, man, I was under conviction. I went home without doing anything. He said, boy, it was it was a barren night that's the word he used he said i could not go to sleep and about one o'clock that morning the preacher said i heard my son yell daddy (laughs) he run in there what is it i need to be saved right now guess what he was thirsty oh really (laughs) <laughs> amen yeah 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 that's what i was going to say you, you was so thirsty you didn't care about taking a beating to get that drink of water yeah yeah exactly so who's going to miss out on that those that aren't thirsty unfortunately And there's a lot of people that ain't thirsty. And there are some that may be thirsty, and there's a lot of us not extending out that glass of water at times, saying, this is what you need. Um, But in all actuality, the invitation is extended to everybody. And I'm not going to spend too much time here, because the Bible is clear about this matter. It's for whosoever will. Not a select group of people. There is not a select group of people that cannot be saved. It's that's against every attribute of God there is. Salvation is for whosoever will. And he says right here, whosoever will can come. Alright. I think we'll probably finish up next time. Is Jim gonna be here? Okay, well, I'm not sure then. <laughs> That wasn't too bad without our talkers. We got a little talking out of some. That was good. All right. Brother Dustin, do you want to dismiss